Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football. Drink beer, talk football. If you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and follow on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at PGF Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and McKenzie Brewing is the official beer of Pint Glass Football. Follow them at McKenzie Brewing and McKenzieBrewing.com. We wrapped up our NFL draft coverage, but I want to get you guys ready for the upcoming season. So I have a bunch of great guests coming up these next several weeks. All these guests cover different NFL teams. So we're going to try to preview as many teams as possible. And on today's episode, we're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. I had a great opportunity to sit down and interview Sheena Quick, who covers them. And I think it made for a shorter but a great interview breaking down Carolina's offseason and looking ahead to this fall. I'm always looking for ways to make you, the listener, a smarter and more informed football fan with in-depth coverage of all things NFL and college football. And I think these guests coming this summer are going to do just that. So I hope you enjoy. Excited to be joined by Sheena Quick, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. And you can hear her on Fox Sports Radio, 1340 AM. And be sure to check out the Halftime Report on Revolt TV. Sheena, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure when people want to hear me talk about football. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be excited to hear a pro like yourself who covers the Panthers so in-depth. And we're going to break it down and and kind of get our listeners ready for the upcoming season. So I want to start by asking you, entering his third season now, defensive end Brian Burns might be the best young defensive player that America doesn't know about. He had more quarterback pressures than any other defender last year under the age of 25. Could you talk about Brian Burns and what could we expect from him this year? I'm expecting Brian Burns to have a monster season. Um, We've already seen traces of brilliance, you know, in his first and second years that his first season, he was, you know, cut short a little bit by injury, but he's put on some muscle. Um, He actually looks faster. And believe it or not, you know, he was younger than all the rookies that were drafted last year in 2020. So he has tremendous upside. He's been very impressive thus far. You may be right. And it's so interesting that he is one of the best young defensive players that the world doesn't know, that the nation doesn't know about, considering he came from Florida State. Now you expect that maybe with the smaller schools, but even though Florida State has had a couple of down years, they are still, you know, one of the, considered one of the powerhouses when it comes to college football. But he has definitely, I would say that between him and DJ Moore, the Panthers have two of the most underrated players going into the season. Yeah, I think you're certainly right, Sheena. And I think this is a breakout season for him. His lack of sack numbers, I don't think reflects how good of a pass rusher he actually is. And I think he's due for a big year. And with that D line around him that they've been building, I think it's going to be harder than ever to send double teams his way and to give him you know, to try to stop him or slow him down. I think he's due for a monster year. I'm excited to see what he does. I wanted to shift here, Sheena. The Panthers, we know they went 5-11 and last season, but they had eight games where they lost by only eight points or less. Many pointed to the quarterback position that was holding them back in those close games, 
Enter Sam Darnold, who went 13 to 25 in New York. He had a 59.8 completion percentage and was the lowest graded starting quarterback since 2018, according to Pro Football Focus. Why should Panther fans be optimistic about Sam Darnold under center this year? Because they're searching for an answer. I know you mentioned the one possession or less games, the eight losses that they had last year. But if you go back the past three seasons, you would see that a majority of their losses did come on the last drive or um, one possession or less. And of course, there's been an entirely different head coach. Well, not just head coaching, but there's been an entirely different coaching regime over the last couple of years. They've had several different quarterbacks, but the results are still the same. So I think when it comes to those very close games, not you know, taking anything from Sam Darnold, but that the Panthers have to learn to win. They have to learn to close out those close games, no matter who's under center. So I think that every year Panthers fans are expecting to be better than the last. No one expected Teddy Bridgewater to go out there and throw 30 touchdowns. I know I didn't. Any A casual football fan, maybe. But if you have actually been following the sport and follow any of Teddy's previous seasons, you will see that last year was it was average for him. It was it's what he does. He was Teddy Bridgewater. I think that with Sam, more so than it just being a new quarterback under center, they like his youth. They feel like he has a lot of upside. They feel that he hasn't been fairly analyzed um, so far early in his NFL career because of his coaching situation in New York. So they're hoping that with a chain, change of scenery, you know, with Matt Rule and, and, and everything he brings and Joe Brady and, and his young offensive mind, they're hoping that they're, they can develop him into a franchise quarterback. And if not, there's always the draft next year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Sheena. I think he did get kind of a bad deal of the hand, so to speak, in New York. And with the coaching situation that you alluded to, a spotty offensive line, he really didn't have a lot of help offensively as far as playmakers or a running game. So I'm excited for him to get a new start here in Carolina and see what he can do. I'm, I know Panthers fans have got to be excited as well because I don't think we've seen Sam Darnold's best football just yet. So I think if things go well and he develops in this system, I think it could be a good situation there for him. Now, you talked about the NFL draft. I want to touch on J.C. Horn. We know that he was really the jewel of this draft for the Carolina Panthers, a guy that I'm really sky high on. He was the second rated defensive player on my big board. But if you could talk about the rest of this rookie class and what have you seen from them so far? Terrace Marshall is someone that everyone is very, very high on. He actually is not at full strength yet, but we will be getting our first looks at him as far as the media and, I mean, the fans also in Spartanburg in a couple of weeks here. I would say that Brady Christensen was a little a little smaller than I expected. But again, you know, you got to think about the group that he's working with, the offensive, offensive line. Uh, but I would definitely say that far and away, Terrace Marshall and um, J.C. Horn are the two that are expected to make an immediate impact. Chuba Hubbard, I'm expected to spell Christian McCaffrey quite a bit. Well, I'm not going to say quite a bit because we don't know if Christian's workload is going to go back to what it was prior to last season when he missed the majority of the year with injury. But I would say those three really stand out. So I want to shift Sheena back to the defensive side of the ball. The Panthers released Trey Boston this offseason in order to save $3.5 million in cap space. But who do you expect to take over at free safety for Carolina this year? Jeremy Chen will be still be in a bit of a, a hybrid role. Um, then you have Sam Franklin back there that everyone is excited about. He, he, he was good last year when, when his number was called. So I think that between – and the thing about it is they, they're going to rotate so much – 
back there, according to the defensive coordinator, Phil Snow. So I think that um, I think it's really Justin Burris and Sam Franklin's position to lose. So you touched on Christian McCaffrey, but coming off that 2020 season, it was derailed by multiple injuries, as we know. But it sounds like he's going to be ready to go this fall. In 2019, McCaffrey became only the third NFL player ever to post 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. We know how great of a player he is. What have you seen from Christian McCaffrey? How does he look and how big of a workload? You kind of touched on this, but how big of a workload should we expect from him going into this year? Christian McCaffrey looks great. He looks great every um, preseason. He looks to be back at full strength, full speed. Uh, he works like a maniac <laughs> as far as his his preparation and just getting his body and mind ready. So I think that he's definitely going to be back to full strength by the time the season kicks off, even you know in training camp. Now, when it comes to the workload, the Panthers have to learn to trust their other weapons. Now, last year, they didn't have they didn't have any choice. That's why you break out and you see four 1,000-yard performers between Mike Davis, uh, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. So they've spread the wealth a lot more, and they became a more dangerous team offensively. I'm hoping that with Christian McCaffrey back, and with an extreme talent like that, of course you got you want the ball in his hands. But you have to be able to trust the rest of your offensive players. So that's going to be something that Joe Brady is going to be tasked with going into this season. Panthers fans, do not shoot me. That team played better offensively without Christian McCaffrey last year. And I get it. He's like a Swiss Army knife. It's easy to want to utilize every single skill that he has because he is a phenomenal talent. But you have to trust that there's other players on the field that can make plays as well. And you don't want to go back to being a one-dimensional team because nine times out of 10, third and short, the ball was going to Christian McCaffrey. Sometimes it's just unstop- he's unstoppable, but oftentimes it's predictable that he's going to have the ball in, in his hands. So it'll be interesting to see if Joe Brady in his second season is able to balance the offensive load and get some good ball distribution. That's going to be key to getting some wins, in my opinion. So like I said, I know it's easy to fall back onto Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers in the last couple of seasons, they had questions at quarterback, you know, so there were a lot of checkdowns that, that that Christian racked up those yards on. Not saying he's not a good receiver, because I'm telling you, people come for you if you say anything that they perceive to be negative about Christian McCaffrey. This is not a negative. It just, Joe Brady is going to be tasked. I call that that offensive group last year, Brady's bunch. We'll see how Brady manages so much talent on the offensive side of the ball because that's going to be the key to whether they're biggest more wins or losses. Yeah, Sheena, when you said that, it kind of reminds me of the Cleveland Browns a little bit with the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. We know he's an elite talent. We know he's one of the best receivers. But for some reason, the Browns tend to play better when he's out of the lineup. And so you alluded to that with Christian McCaffrey. We know how great he is, but sometimes it's a little less obvious. The play calling is a little more diverse. Sometimes spreading the ball around can be a little harder to defend for teams. So I like that call there. I think it's spot on accurate. So I want to shift back here to the defensive side of the ball. And Carolina made it clear that they want to build this team through the draft. And going into Matt Rule's first season as the head coach in 2020, the Panthers took all defensive players in the NFL draft. Tell us about this young group of defensive players for Carolina. I think they're extremely promising. And as you if, last season, as you watched the season, they got progressively better. They weren't 
losing the games as they were early on when people were just driving and converting on third downs. But I do think that drafting J.C. Horn, not going to lie to you, I felt like they would go cornerback, but I thought it was going to be Pat Sertan. But I think that adding J.C. to that lineup, you're going to see even more aggressive defensive play, play calling and play schemes. The Panthers had to play a lot of zone coverage. They had to play, you know, off the ball a lot last year because they just simply didn't have the personnel to get up, press the line of scrimmage, play bump and run and be physical. J.C. Horn adds that element. So I expect, more importantly, that third down conversion, that as far as defense, I expect that to go down. Because if you're at third, sitting at third and three and your corners are six, seven yards off the ball, Easy slant, easy first down. So that's what I'm most excited to see this year is the secondary. Um, Dante Jackson is back healthy, not to mention this is a contract year for him. So he has the ball out. He has the ball out. He, he's, he's sensing the urgency. He seems to have um, worked a lot on the details of his game during this offseason, which is very promising. Um, Carolina Panthers fans will love to hear that because Dante was streaky good. Like, you know that he can be a shutdown corner, but there were still some things that needed to be polished. And when you have the quickness that Dante Jackson has, you're able to kind of fudge a little bit on technique because you can catch If it's a foot race, you can catch up. But what happens when you can't? So I will definitely be watching the defensive secondary. I am excited for that group of guys. They are young, but they are hungry. When you're a young defense like that, you have nothing to lose. But I'm very excited. I think the pass rush will be better. Um, I think the run defense will be better. They got some bodies up there that are not afraid to get into the trenches. And I don't know if you could tell, but I'm definitely a, a defensive type of um, defensive fan. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what that unit can do. I want to see what Brian Burns is able to do with a complete year of being healthy. Hassan Reddick's on that other edge. Shaq Thompson, not for nothing. I feel like he's he's got to show me something. I just haven't been super duper duper um, blown away by him, you know, and maybe his contribution is more vocal and, you know, more so in, in the in the locker room. But I would like to see his stats approved this year also. So and it could be a breakout season for him when all the pieces come together. Things happen like that. You might have magic on that side of the ball this season. But that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see some young, aggressive players, playmakers rather, on the defensive side of the ball for the Panthers. Yeah, certainly, Sheena. And I think that young defensive line is really starting to come together and adding a guy, like you said, with J.C. Horn, being able to play a little more man-to-man, being able to be a little more aggressive with certain things you do schematically, I think is going to help this team. I think it's an exciting young group of defensive players. So I, I loved your answer there and, and getting to hear about them. I expect them to take a big step forward this year as well. Now, we already talked about Darnold and McCaffrey, both well-known players who are some under-the-radar offensive players going into training camp that we should keep an eye on? Of course, you know, I'm going to say DJ Moore. I think he is very underrated. I don't know how. He's like one of the – he's actually the first Carolina offensive player to go – to have back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving years. Um, the other was – the most recent one before DJ was Greg Olson. Of course, he's gone. I wouldn't be surprised if Reggie Bonifan gives you a good season. We've, we've seen him as first and, and on trick plays, and, he, you know, he can run the ball. So those are my two picks, Reggie and DJ Moore. We already touched on it briefly, but I wanted to get your take here. After an impressive first season as the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady has become a hot name in coaching circles around the NFL, but the Panthers were somewhat predictable on first down, and they also had some red zone struggles. What changes do you expect from Joe Brady in the offense this season? 
Um, I just expect him to be a year older, a year wiser um, in the NFL, you know, and his name, not for nothing, was like you said, it was a hot, a hot name, you know, it was being shopped around with head coaching opportunities, which I thought was a bit premature, not because I don't think that he can do it, but I just don't think, I think, I just thought they were jumping the gun a little bit. He needs a little bit more experience. And again, the first drives are pretty predictable, but I think that as the season went on, he had to, he learned how to use his weapons. Now, the one thing I will say that was kind of a bit of a, a mystery was that Robbie Anderson was so good so early on and they didn't keep feeding him the ball down the stretch. I don't know why. Um, there could be, you know, some physical limitations that we didn't know about. Who knows? But for some of the, some reason, they went away from that. Um, you saw a lot of trick plays, fake punts and things of that nature. So I just expect him to be a year, a year wiser, a year more mature and able to really extract everyone's best qualities. You know, when you have somebody like Curtis Samuel, I was not shocked when they lined him up in the backfield. And with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, that might be an entirely new arsenal that we have not seen Joe Brady even tap into. So I'm excited for that also. You know, I'm, I know you hear, you heard me going crazy of, oh, the defense, 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 but they got some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And if they could protect Sam Darnold, that's what I think a lot of the red zone woes came from. Some of them were bad decision-making. Of course, no one can forget the Green Bay game when Teddy reached the ball over the goal line and fumbled. But it wasn't just Teddy. Like, sometimes he was out there running for his life. He very rarely had a clean pocket. So I think that what Joe Brady is able to do goes beyond the flashy player, the, the skill positions that we see, or, you know, the running back and, oh, this is a huge game. I think that Joe Brady's ability to extract the most that he can out of this offense is going to start in the trenches with the offensive line. It certainly is a game that's won or lost in the trenches, as we know. I think that offensive line is a big X factor for the Panthers. It's a relatively weak unit on paper. If they can come together and gel as a group, I think it could go a long way for how well they do this season, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But with a talented but relatively young roster in Carolina and a coach going into year two, what is the floor and what is the ceiling for the Carolina Panthers in 2021? A uh, floor, I say seven and 10. Ceiling, I'm going to go 11 and six. I, I like it. And I think realistically, I think Panthers fans would have to be happy with a seven or eight win season. You know, most fans aren't going to be super excited about that. But I think if we saw this team take a step forward, win an extra three games, four games than they did last year, I think it would show that they're moving in the right direction. I think Panthers fans would have to be excited about that. But I've been really excited to have you on the show, Sheena. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it so much. Once again, we were joined by Sheena Quick, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers, and you can hear her on Fox Sports Radio, 1340 AM, and the Halftime Report on Revolt TV. Sheena, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it, PGF Nation. But like I said earlier, we have a lot of team preview episodes coming up with a lot of great guests. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.